To steal Fran's phrase, e by gum. Welcome to Leeds part two. Apologies already to all the people in the north of England. We're back up north and we are discussing Kaiser Chiefs as overrated and the music as underrated. Little background info, we actually haven't recorded the music underrated section yet, but I am on here already to tell you that we missed out a key fact when we talked about the Kaiser Chiefs, which was that their debut album Employment was nominated for a Mercury and won an Ivan Novella Award, uh, which was a very surprising fact to us. While we might have picked the Kaiser Chiefs as overrated, Fran has put together a quite wide-ranging playlist from employment days to the modern day, and we were both surprised to see how much their sound has evolved since. So yes, they are a big band from the arguably indie landfill era, but the discussion is a bit more nuanced than you might think. We hope you enjoy. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? (laughs) Was it over-underrated? Overunderrated. Welcome to another episode of Over Underrated. This is Babs and I'm here with my co-host Fran. How are we doing, Fran? Hello, listener. I am... Listener? We only have one. Well, do you know what? They say you speak to the person listening to it as if it's just us and them. Okay, good, good technique. Be personal. Hey, you. Yes, you. Thank you for listening to us. Unless you are listening with a family, and then hello, listeners. There we go. That's the caveat we needed there. (laughs) I'm fine. Um, Having a a black tea for the vocals and caffeine. Um, Perhaps what are you drinking today? Well, so I thought... I was going to go and make a lemon and ginger tea because I'm warding off a cold. However, I got confused and pulled out a decaffeinated Earl Grey. Oh, no. (laughs) Which is fine because it's decaffeinated, right? It's not going to affect my sleep. I've added some bergamot. Sorry? A bit limp, though. Well, I've put some oat milk in so it's okay. And I've added some bergamot honey because I'm a cunt. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's good. It's very lemony, which should help with uh, warding off a potential cold, hopefully. The second time that honey's been mentioned on a podcast we've done this series. Uh, yes, possibly the same bergamot honey. So keep, keep, keep up, keep up the tally. Sponsorship coming soon. <laughs> coming away from Bergamiel. <laughs> what have you been listening to this week? Uh, I opened up my phone to check. It, it tells me <laughs> I've been listening to uh, an Icelandic singer-songwriter called uh, uh, Junius uh, Mavunt. Oh, don't know them. Neither did I, um, until this week. Um the new single by The Hold Steady, a former podcast mention, um, mm-hmm. a band from Australia called The Middle Kids, and Pink. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, she has a new album out, right? Yes, it's, it's quite it's quite poppy, as uh, she does that occasionally, and I quite enjoyed it. And have you seen who's supporting Pink on her tour, by the way? Hit me. Our previous mentions, Group Love. There we go. It's all tied together. There we go. I, I thought that might be why you've been listening to because oh, nah. I saw Group Love promoting it on their Instagram account. Oh, okay, okay. There we go. No, I, I think, no, no, not secretly. I, I like Pink. That's what I like. Some good She's songs. amazing. Oh, yeah. What, what, like what time, what period? Uh, it was just before Paul McCartney at the Isle of Wight Festival 2010, I think. And she did that. And even though it's at a festival, she did the whole circus thing. Wow, that's like impressive. Trapeze and cannons and all, all that malarkey. And she even dropped out the sky for the opening number. Wow. It's ain't bad since she's or supporting. Like, if it's the head mm-hmm. on that, but supporting, I was not expecting all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it, it was a circus tour and mm-hmm. I bloody loved it. Hmm. Yeah, I, so with Pink, I definitely, 
I quite liked her R and B songs at the beginning okay. when she had the pink hair. I liked Misunderstood era mm-hmm, of pink mm-hmm. with the with the slightly less pink hair. I'm lying here on the floor. Just like a bell. <laughs> um there's a song on that album called Vietnam or like mm-hmm. my Vietnam, which is very weird because it's like going, This is my Vietnam. And you're like, I whatever it is that you're referring to, I'm sure <laughs> it isn't that bad. But it's still a catchy song. So you just you okay. know you kind of filter it out. But really, apart from the Charlie's Angel song that Becca wrote. Hmm? Trouble. No, not trouble. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Feel, real good time. Feel yes, good yes, time. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it's like Beck wrote it with William Orbit. Like, what a collab. Uh, <laughs> and to give it to Pink as well. But since then, I think her singles, you know, like the big ones, like So What, God mm. is a DJ. It just it hasn't quite clicked for me. But I think she's had so many albums and songs that I'm sure, perhaps, she's a future act we could cover. Could be, could be, yeah. So um, how, about, how about yourself? Well... I have committed to going to the Best Kept Secrets Festival in the Netherlands with mm-hmm. our previous guest, George, in June, which I'm very excited about because I haven't been to a multi-day music festival since Rock Hack in 2015. And that was only two nights, whereas this is going to be, you know, three days, so probably three or four nights. I am going camping. I hate camping. I am now 35 and have back problems. <laughs> so please send me warm wishes and tips because my... What I've decided to do is basically like every week as much as possible, I want to do one Pilates workout and one low impact workout to try and prepare myself for being on my feet all day and sleeping on an uncomfortable air mattress. For me, it's a deal breaker. I cannot camp anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think your your back problems are, yeah, yeah. are significantly worse <laughs> than mine. The problem is, right, so, you know, the, the ticket was not cheap and they did have that thing where, you know, they had, the, I think they called it cozy camping. where you they would put up a tent for you but the cheapest option where they would put up a tent for you but wouldn't provide you with an air mattress so you'd have to bring that anyway was 60 euros per person i'm like i would rather save 60 euros and bring a tent and an air mattress (laughs) than or or, you know pay 100 and bring either you know like no i'm just the randomly scrooge side of me one out to the you know practical older side of me this time but yeah i'm really excited because i yeah i I went for it because I thought, well, it's not too far from here. And it's just lots and lots of bands that I would kind of love to see in a gig context. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Chemical Brothers again, mm-hmm. seeing Jockstrap, um, previously mentioned Destat. I think they're there potentially on three different days playing their three different EPs. In co- so it's like Destat Blue, Destat Red, Destat Yellow, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Pongo, who I previously mentioned, Nation of Language mm-hmm. that, you know, we, we discussed. So, I mean, I, I could go on and on and I won't. I don't know if you've seen either of the bands live that we're we're discussing today because we are traveling back up north. I'm sorry, to Leeds. It's Leeds part two. E by gum, it's a podcast. E by gum. All the offensive stereotypes. Off we trot. We are discussing the Kaiser Chiefs. Are they overrated? Mm. And the music, are they underrated? So yeah, I think the why we've picked this as a topic and just the two of us today is because Fran and I have talked loads about the music on including on other podcast episodes. Um, although when it came to making the playlist, I thought Fran was a bigger fan than I thought, but it turns out not. So I've made the playlist for that. And I had <laughs> I had to go off and do a bit of a of a re-listen of their third album, let's say. Um, but that's you know, we're coming from the two of us think they're a, they're an underrated band. And the Kaiser Chiefs, well, Fran, you made that playlist. So what was your thinking behind that? I don't actually own an album by the Kaiser Chiefs, although I have seen them live a couple of times. And I just thought, 
I will just sprinkle songs over the eight albums I have now. Mm-hmm. I chose maybe like one per album. I think I think I didn't have anything from Stay Together. Mm-hmm. But you get the idea of the band evolving over the past twenty years. Yeah, I so well. Should we should we get into it? Yeah, why not? Overrated. So I think coming into this, if someone had asked me, do I think the Curse of Chiefs are overrated? I would have said yes, despite really, really enjoying Employment, their first album. I think mm-hmm. it is kind of an unskippable album, pretty much. And um, I sent Fran the cover version they did of Oh My God during the pandemic. <laughs> that They kind of updated the lyrics to I've, I've never been this spent this much time at home. Lots of references to like Jerry Exotic and hand sanitizer. Very, very nice stuff. But yeah, I think... One of their songs, which was on the playlist, became such a smash mm. that it was quite overplayed. And after that, the singles that I heard, I wasn't so so keen on. But uh, yeah, I think I knew maybe three of the songs. No, no, four of the songs on this playlist and none of the others. And uh, I was surprised, I have to say, at, at what was on offer. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because out of that what people now call the in the landfill era mm. they probably are one of the only bands who have kept going at, at heights like they're still playing arenas like most of them mm-hmm. like, like for example race light were supporting them last time i saw them they were the oh, last, really? but wow. yeah, but there's literally the last gig i saw in 2020 maybe like two weeks before lockdown and race light was supporting and probably mm-hmm. 2005 they were like equal yeah, they were like both definitely. headlining festivals, weren't they? So it's definitely. interesting, it's like because let's think of two thousand five. You put the biggest bands, probably like Franz Ferdinand, Raised Light, Kaiju, uh, Arctic Monkeys, yeah, or was that Arctic, next well, year? yeah, maybe Arctic, yeah, so yeah. maybe yeah, so maybe Arctic Monkeys are also from Yorkshire. Are the only mm-hmm. other sort of bands from that era who are still at a high level? But yeah, like Franz Ferdinand mm-hmm. haven't had a big hit for like what twenty years nearly. Well, no, that's like, like like fifteen years maybe. As, as no. in like a ra- as in like a radio hit. I think after the second album, they haven't had a hit single. No, they, they Ulysses and Know You Girls were, were pretty. Um, I don't know, but yeah, but like, yeah. but like, yeah, so Kai's Chiefs have done well, I think, to mm-hmm. keep up. Like, they have broken through to the normal pop stardom kind mm-hmm. of thing. Well, I think Ricky Wilson going on the voice is uh, is key to that because yeah, when you look at some of the YouTube comments, it's like, oh, I didn't know <laughs> Kaiser Chiefs were sort of seeing Ricky Wilson on the voice. So that was a very savvy, savvy move. Speaking of that kind of thing, are you aware of the Mars Singer? I am aware of the Mustang, and he was on it recently, wasn't he? He finished second to mm-hmm. Charlie Simpson from Busted. Ah, okay. <laughs> that does help, I guess, the, the brand Kaiser Chiefs a little bit. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. he does appear on a lot of people's podcasts. He he was a radio X presenter for a little bit as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. maybe that that all helps. But um, yeah, I personally like when they first came out. I kind of found like, oh my god, and. Uh, I put it to write uh, annoying, <laughs> and mm. like I, I liked you know other songs from the album. I think like Modern uh, Way, yeah, the Modern Way. I think it's the best single, but then you know that was like what the fourth one. So by the time mm-hmm. it was like left deep deep down, but yeah, I, I yeah I, I I didn't get it. And when Ruby came out, which you might mention in a minute, I I was not on board at all. So yeah, I've always found it fascinating why they were like basically almost playing stadiums <laughs> oh yeah see yeah for me no i really liked i predict a riot and oh my god oh my god especially kind of in a way strangely even though oh my god might have been the first i feel like that's a bit more of an underrated kaiser chief song now because i think people associate it more with every day i love you less than this i predict a riot mm. um and then the songs that came after 
Uh, and yeah, it was really funny to watch the music videos for some of these songs and be like, God, an image, how much, especially Ricky has changed as well. He's wearing like eyeshadow. He's got nose piercing in the in the videos, uh, in, in some of the early videos. Um, for me, they are so, it is so entrenched in my university experience. Like that album, that whole thing, it was like, yes, this is part of my soundtrack. Like I, I even remember at the university pub quiz one time, we had like an intros music round mm -hmm. and they picked Saturday Night, which is a, an album track from employment that starts with like a motorcycle revving. And it's like, that's pretty. Whose motorbike was it? Uh, who, I, who knows? Does Ricky ride a bike? It's, uh, Graham, it's Graham Coxon from Blur. Seriously? He is credited as a motorcycle a artist. Uh, they didn't ask that question on the pub quiz. Uh. Uh, yeah, what a shame. But yeah, I was thinking like, to, I, I, I was like, I know the Kaiser Chiefs are big and I own that album, but it's like, I, I couldn't off the top of my head at that point uh, mention that song, but that's how big they were that like in a, in a university pub quiz that wasn't the most kind of challenging in the world, they, they, they would have that as a musical option, even though it was an album track. They were, I guess they were at the start of, of the indie boom. Like, yeah, they were one of the reasons why I guess so many bands were signed. Because mm -hmm. of how big Definitely. that album became, you know. Definitely. I, I, I also think part of the appeal is their lyrics. Especially I predict a riot, painting that whole picture of a night out. Uh also teaching me what the word Leo Denzian mean, which is someone from Leeds. I remember having to look that up. I was like, <laughs> really? fuck fuck does that mean? Uh I mean, and well, in what the lyrics in one of the songs that we're gonna we're gonna talk about soon. Uh I, I think, yeah, as again, ding, someone who doesn't pay much attention to lyrics, like it their lyrics paint a story while at the same time yes okay they're an indie band but as you read over and over again they're influenced by new wave and punk and you can kind of especially the new wave you can feel that uh coming through that they don't just have it's not just guitar based drums they will often have piano and a keyboard and a synth and they layer it in sometimes in ways that you don't expect it mm -hmm. Fran, what's what's the first song on your playlist? So I am starting um, with the debut album, but and I haven't gone for the big two. So I've gone for Every Day I Love You Less and Less, uh, which has 13 million YouTube views, guys. Mm. YouTube, um, to keep that in mind when we get to the next band. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, was there too many? Oh. We've got a gimmick! <laughs> How many times on the album is it? Is it four or five, maybe? It oh, does seem, I haven't counted. It does seem a little bit too much for me. Yeah, I enjoy the Devo backing synth. It's catchy as hell. It's got like this deep menacing bass line. And, uh... Although what is interesting with, with the first album is like, like I said, it's more New Wave and Indie because there's barely any guitar. It's more synth bass and, and mm -hmm. vocals, isn't it? Rather than like heavy guitar lines. Well, there's like an occasional riff. Mm, yeah. You know, like with, with uh, oh my God, it's like... It you kind know. of like accents not... the, the, yeah, the vocal, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's all about the, the, the melody. Mm -hmm. And the, and the, yeah, the vocals. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and you know, lyrics like, can't believe once you and me did sex. I mean, that is a good lyric. That is a good lyric. It would makes, it would you laugh. say we did sex? <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I was talking about it poetically, perhaps. <laughs> the, the video, I've got no idea what the X Face Specs is about and what. Well, I wrote ripping off uh, 80s Matchbox, Psychosis Safari, because he lit it literally says X Ray Vision. But what year? Like, but it's 2004. Five. Oh, five, is it? Five, five. Which, and uh, that's like a surprise 2002. Ooh. Controversial. Guys. Controversial. How many views has uh, Matchbox got? Not Good 13 question. million. <laughs> oh, well, it was the Edgar Wright music video. So let's see. Psychosis. 
Live Google. Oh my god. Oh my god, you're right. Ninety-two thousand. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, although hang on, there is more than one video. And so there's another video that has 43,000. So yeah, okay, well, we're getting to close to 200,000. That's it. That is shocking. Shocking. Guys, have a word with yourselves. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I still enjoy the song. So I can I can still listen to this. If I heard I have yet to write, I might skip over mm-hmm. the radio. But this is still fine for me. How about you? Yeah, I, I really like this song. Um, that synth line opening is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The bass is great, and it's quite an unusual structure for a pop song because is there even a chorus? Because I guess the chorus is the and my parents love me, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. but the no, verse no, 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 is no, more no. prominent and more and more memorable. And yeah, you wrote you talked about it already, but I said the football chanting in the middle made me think that's part of why they became famous. But I'm gonna maybe rebrand that as roller coaster singing. Oh, um, <laughs> and yeah, it's it's not my favorite song from the album. So my, I think. If I had to pick the favorite song from the album, it would probably be Caroline Yes. I don't know if you remember that one. Can't remember it. it but for a while, I was like, why the hell is it called Caroline Yes? Because I didn't know there's a Beastie Boys song called... Beastie, Beastie Boys? Beach Boys? <laughs> oh, God. A Beach Boys song <laughs> called Caroline No. Yes, yes, um, yes. But it's... Caroline Yes is the one that goes, In my mind. Okay, anyway, go go listen to it. I apologize for... They said that they wrote this album... Because when they were another indie band called Parva, or Parva, who knows how it's pronounced, it's, they... it's named after a place. I saw. Yes, in Leeds. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, they were trying to be too serious and trying to be a bit too American. And then mm. I thought, right, we may not get signed again. Let's do music that we can have a fu- uh, have fun to have this a laugh. Right, it is what it is. You know, it's it's like I said, it's, it's maybe more pop than indie it's, it's got less indie guitars it's, it's less po-faced and ricky can jump around and if you listen to parva was like mm-hmm. a song it's more like you know the mm-hmm. serious coldplay radiohead really vibes that you would yeah. not expect it to be like you know i will say as a side note that parva in portuguese means silly woman so that doesn't <laughs> enough as a name i saw that it was named after after a place yeah um uh had you seen the music video before because i I, I really remember some of their music videos playing all the time, but I don't think I'd seen this one before. Yeah, no, yeah, I remember, I think all four of the big songs from this, I remember being on MTV2 mm-hmm. quite often. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, when you look at the music video, you're like, yes, that, this is why they're big, because it's not just, it's not just about the music, it's not just about the lyrics, it's about the look and the whole atmosphere that they're creating. It feels like commentary on, on British society at the time. And it's quite funny, because like in the music video... You you see you feel like the message is like oh you know they're trying to escape the the normal world because it's kind of like he's stuck at home with with a pregnant girlfriend and and her mum and dad but like it is a bit snobby I was like <laughs> I don't think they they you know because it's like you know the girl has like a ponytail and hoops and the dad's wearing like a, a vest like Hounslow and keeping up appearances and I was like oh it feels a bit like oh yeah we're like the arty indie kids and we don't those horrible stinking working classes we don't want anything to do with them and I was a bit like I don't think I don't think they would film it like that these days I don't I don't think it'd be the same so moving on to 2008 with never miss a beat Beat, 6.5 million so we've had half as Mm. many views already um i don't even know the song um i remember this being played still it was they're still popular the verse has some dodgy lyrics um you know what do you want we want to eat crisps fair enough uh (laughs) but it's got a decent chorus the chorus saves it 
Um, oh, and really? I am a fan of the word beat in songs. I do like okay. rhythmic manner. Another Fran specificism that we found beat, out. Beat, 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 beat. It does work. It does work. If you, yeah, I, I, I do like it in songs. Again, there's not many indie guitars. It's full very electronic pop. Um, but yeah, I think it's fun. I think the chorus is the best bit. The verse is very throwaway and a bit clumsy. How about you? Uh, the exact opposite. I oh, really, really like, like that. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, you started with every day, I love you less and less. That has a really great synth line opener mm. and it's very catchy. It starts with a much more bland guitar. I feel like that was the demo and they just stuck to it. But I quite like the call and response. I find that quite catchy, I guess, because it, yeah, it sounds like two, two different voices. And um, the guitar line, after the call and response sections that is really, really cool. And I'd completely forgotten about it because all I remembered was the call and response mm-hmm. and the chorus. And I was like, wow, what a truly great guitar. I wish they had uh, more like that. I really don't like the chorus. That's what lets it down for because I find it too like repetitive, basically. I, I'm not, I don't mind a beat, but a beat, beat, <laughs> beat, beat. Mm. Never miss a beat, never miss a beat, never miss. Yeah. yeah. Well, they do and like it, to repeat uh, words. We've had noticed that in the, in the course of the band. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fine. I don't have a strong opinion on that either way, but um, it, it, it's not the repetition of beat that's repetitive. It's the, yeah, it's it's the the vocal line. So yeah, I, re- I really like bits of it and the instruments. I, I I feel like when this song came came out, I do remember it. I feel like it was a bit overplayed, but I didn't mind listening to it again for this. Uh, and I enjoyed seeing, uh, was it Mark Heap in the music video as the weather presenter? I think so. No, no, I think it's Ricky. Is it? Yeah, it's, it's him, yeah. He, he's, he's the weather, weather man. Is he? It yeah, really yeah. looks like Mark Heap. <laughs> uh, okay, well, Ricky Wilson or Mark Heap, well done. Well done to you. Um, and then moving on to a track, which I think is just on the best of. Um, mm-hmm. Are you a fan of bands doing a best of after just um, seven years? Is that too early? I think I am fine with it. But I would hold off on buying it if they hadn't broken up. <laughs> that's, that's what I think as well. Yeah, it seems a bit cynical. It's like maybe I don't know. I I guess that must have been the the end of a record contract. So it's like, can, can we get some money just before the end? They well, I saw off. that they released like a photo book in two thousand and six. I'm really? like, that is very early. <laughs> <laughs> Really Guys, back yourself. You can last yeah, more than yeah. one year. Um, so this is uh, Kind of Girls You Are. Um, mm-hmm. One million YouTube views. So we're, we're crushing down already. Enjoying um, the stats. It was lovely that they got Beyonce, Lady Gaga and Britney Star in a video. I did enjoy that. Thank you, ladies. Or maybe not the real ones. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, this is like just an add-on in their compilation um, just as the principal songwriter, drummer Nick Hodgson was leaving the band. Mm-hmm. Turns out that he thought that the band would end and wasn't too happy that they continued to go on without him. Oh, right. I was hoping that you had done more research than me into this because I didn't know the reasons for him leaving. Yeah, so I heard him on a podcast and he said yeah, he didn't, didn't want to be in a band after 35. Mm-hmm. And he felt like after being in a band for 10 years, he'd done everything he could do. And he preferred producing and writing songs. Like He basically wrote most of the songs and co-produced the first four albums. He was there. The main uh, muse, and then um, yeah, and then yeah, then he decided to to leave, and then the band thought, well, fuck you, Nick, we like being the guy to choose. Mm. We will go on without you. Um, which is kind of why I think Ricky did to the voice to give that extra push, as right. as uh, Kai's choose part two, Mark two even. But yeah, mm. but back to the song, it's quite forgettable. Um, mm. 
it does feel like it is like oh we had this demo left over from the last album so we released this it, got... it is you said it's on i think the you put it from a greatest hits but it is on one of their albums it's is on it... the future is medieval yeah is it really well i'm a yeah an absolute prick then um <laughs> yeah i am not you but um it, it's got it's got more of a rector sound so it's got oh again it's got like surf guitar intro slide but yeah it it, it does feel like you know like yeah, it was just, I guess the fact that I haven't even noticed it must have been maybe like the fourth single or something from the album because I don't even remember it's coming out at all. Right? And the first time I saw the video was was doing the research of this, so yeah, how about you? Yeah, never heard of the song, never seen the video, very much enjoyed the working class Gaga, Britney, and uh, Beyonce tearing it up with you know the band cameoing mm. and some kind of creepy men. Uh, yeah, did you see that this album was produced by Tony Visconti? <laughs> And Ethan Johns. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I think yeah, I think there's three of yeah, three um, producers. But yeah, it's inter- I don't know what he actually produced personally. No, I, I haven't gone into that. But um, I actually didn't mind this. I with that with that, like you said, surf guitar. I wrote exactly that. It sounds like Mister Lou at the beginning, and I was like, oh, is this going to go into some kind of rockabilly or surf rock? And it doesn't really. But um, oh yeah, I I didn't dislike it. I've written that. I would dance along to this at the end of disco, but I didn't save it to my list. Um, and I think it's the beginning on this place of like, oh, they have many different sounds. I did not realize, and this is one of them. Did you know? So if this is from their fourth album, this is when they uh, tried to be a bit creative and they they released snippets of 20 songs and mm-hmm. you could choose what album you wanted to create on CD. Oh, that's quite fun. So you could you pay £7.50 and you could create your own 10 track album. That's such a clever idea. And that you could also then like uh, sell the album to friends for an extra pound. Because precisely because of that, like yeah. uh, because you're going to get all the different combinations, right? And if yeah, yeah. And I think like celebrities also did their version, and and so that was a they, they said actually is a cynical way of keeping Nick in the band because he mm. then thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. I'll, I'll stay for a little bit longer. But yeah, so that, that so yeah, in that case, yeah, um, kind of girl you are would have been from that interesting mm-hmm. make your own album. Make album. Yeah, not just Radiohead being creative with that. Well, I mean, I guess it didn't work that well because they haven't done a sense for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, again, buying a CD, this was 2011 already. And... Yeah, that's, yeah, it was fading. Yeah. To my next pick, which is Zombie Prom from 2020, because as you mentioned, they, they were keep, keeping busy during lockdown. Not only did they do a uh, alternative, oh my God, they released a Halloween track. Which I just discovered while doing my research uh, has twenty six thousand uh, views. Mm. So we're falling I'm down. Surprised it's so low. Yeah, it's um, it's got a B fifty two kind of vibe to it. Um, I guess they're trying to create a dance for anthem. But for me, it's a bit uninspired. It's a bit repetitive, and it's a bit monstrously average for me. But what are your thoughts? Well, just to say you mentioned B fifty twos, and obviously there's a Ricky Wilson in B fifty twos as well. Oh you? yes, you remember that when you go on Ricky Wilson's Wikipedia page and it says, "What do you mean, Ricky Wilson of B fifty twos?" I was so surprised by this. Um, again, I'm like, they clearly want to do something a bit rockabilly because that's what it sounds like to me. Also, very confusing that Ricky sounds American here because it's it's not like his Leeds accent is very very strong, but yeah. normally you can hear it a little bit. We're here. Is it because it's, it's a prom? Is that I guess what you're it's because it's a prom. Um, I really enjoyed that when you go and try and find this video on YouTube, it's not there under Kaiser Chiefs, they're the Kaiser Freaks. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, because I was like, am I, am I looking for the right <laughs> video? Yeah, I again, kind of similar to kind of go you are, I enjoyed this. And I wonder, like, if you played this to the average music fan, would they recognize it as Kaiser mm. Chiefs? Because to me, 
there's nothing uh really there but uh yeah again I'm like oh wow they really they they are not scared to reinvent themselves which is surprising for a band that's so linked like you say to the landfill indie mm-hmm. uh times so yeah felt a bit like uh Ricky Wilson was cosplaying as an American teenager but I didn't have too much of a problem with it I mean if it's a, a one-off single during lockdown yeah you, mm. you can't really have a yeah game. Halloween song like you said <laughs> I mean, right? yeah yeah it is what yeah. it is um and then yeah then we're moving on to yeah the uh the comeback single so post Nick Hodgson years and yeah this is coming home from uh education 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 which is uh and war and so you never forget the war which is uh Ricky's uh said he he spent more time on lyrics than any song and he says it actually was failing because he thinks that he was pushing songs because of the lyrical content rather than the actual melody that's quite interesting and honest yeah he said yeah he's um for me, this feels a little more indie. It felt more like an embrace anthem. It's got more of a serious sound again. The the interesting keyboards are being replaced by organs. We've got like a George Harrison kind of like guitar sound happening. We've got that big anthemic chorus. I mean, I quite like it, but then I'm a sucker for fucking shitty anthemic choruses. <laughs> but yeah, I was surprised because you know a lot of people had written a band off when, when Nick when you lose your main songwriter. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, are they are they going to be okay? And I mean, yeah, it's got seven million views, so yeah, it was a, it was a hit. I think um, Jab got to number one, so it turns out being in a voice does, does do well for your your career. Wow! Uh, did you see the music video? Yeah, it's it's, it's a one shot. Decent, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of a one shot music video. Me too, and I thought it, I thought it was very nice. Um, yes, you kind of answered the questions I had for you because I said, <laughs> what, what would you call this genre? question mark reflective indie question mark <laughs> um and i wrote i feel like you might like this um i like the fact that he's kind of speak singing in the verses yeah but that's about it i particularly dislike the guitar solo in the in the middle eight uh at the end but you know again i didn't i didn't hate it i just disliked it and the music video made up for that so probably my least favorite well Maybe one of the other ones, but uh, among my least favourites. But I, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate it. So it's interesting, yeah. Cause like, what now is the guys to sound? Because well, we think <laughs> of employment, don't we? Like the oh, and the, and the pinky keyboard sound. But by and, now, and uh, and yeah, well, a little bit of yours truly angry mob. But uh, yeah, I mean, and you, you've asked that question. I think we have to continue answering that question as we go through your place because mm. there's, there's more sounds to come. <laughs> so yeah, so moving um, back again to uh, Future's Medieval 2011, um, um, we have Little Shocks, I think was the first single, and the only song I remember being played on the radio. This has 482,000 views, so considering that, you know, we had, what, like... In the millions. 13 million for if there's a bit there. But it has shrunk quite um, dramatically. Um, we've got like uh, the swirling kind of uh, keyboard sound. It's It feels like a theme from a mystery. Um, the chorus is lifted by simple lines and power chords and a frantic sinister um, sort of dark twist to it. It, um, it feels a lot darker than a lot of the singles. And I found it quite interesting. Um, and for me, it sounds a lot like Maximo Park. Ooh. Yes. This isn't, yeah, a, bad, isn't a bad thing. So I enjoyed the single and I was excited to wait for the album. When the album came out, I was like, oh, okay. Right. Okay. So I didn't know the song at uh. all. I really loved it, especially that beginning. In a, in a way, the the eeriness of the beginning, it doesn't quite come back to that level of eeriness. Mm-hmm. You think it's going to be spookier than it actually is. But yeah, they've somehow managed to meld 
new wave but also a bit heavier rock this is definitely mm. a kind of more guitar-y thing in it and a much more straightforward music video is that thing of i guess with more guitar bands you think they're going to have more straightforward you know them playing a gig in a in a place and that's what this music video is but um but yeah i this was one of my favorites this one i i saved and yeah it is does nothing else on the album sound like this well like i said because it's 20 songs i think it's also meant it's unless you really wanted to spend time it was easy to gloss over it, which is why that, you know, the, the, the previous song, you know, um, I've even forgotten the title already, that's a, a shit <laughs> uh, kind of go you are, you know, yeah. I, I completely forgot that's even on the album. And I saw them at Isle of Wight that year, um, and I was actually quite impressed by how good they were live. They are a decent so, band. Do you know, so many comments mentioned that in the YouTube mm. videos, they're like, oh, you can't imagine how good this band is live, or oh, I've seen them lots, like much more than your average band. And yeah, I can believe that. I can believe that. I, w- I would like to see them. I, I think it's, it, I mean, if they did an employment, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, 20th anniversary in two years, yeah, yeah, yeah. two years, absolutely, I'm game for that. But I think even if, even if they didn't, I would probably still go and see them. If it, if, if it was, let me, let me think, if it was below 30 euros in, in Brussels, <laughs> I would go and see them. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a charismatic front man. I mean, so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah and he, he can sing. I mean, he does a mass singer. A lot of a lot of uh, those indie singers can't really actually hold a note too well. Really? So, <laughs> so you know, it's, it's quite it's quite a rare breed. Um, so yeah, so uh, moving uh, along, we have a record collection from Duck, which is the tour I saw. So, and I think Duck mm. is probably a return to form. And if you are a fan of the mid noughties sound, you would enjoy that. Although this single record collection doesn't sound <laughs> at all like um, mid. Uh, Naughty's Kaistus. So for I me, I was thinking that I was like, not yeah, yeah, this song, yeah, yeah, no, not yeah. the song. So for me, this sounds like Kaistus uh, being Duran Duran, mm-hmm. um, even to the distorted vocal effects that Simon the Bond uses quite often, and the rhythmic Simpson guitars. Although I think John would have had a more interesting bass line. But yeah, I, I, the video is an art attack spoof. Art of quack. Art, well, please. sorry, no, yeah, and yeah, uh, it, it it's got three hundred eighty thousand. Uh, so. Still, still uh, falling, falling down in the views, guys. But yeah, I I enjoy it. But again, you know, as I said, this is a new sound. I mean, we know we did a new wave, but this is very much uh, a very, very much a new wave sound. Yeah, I you know I wrote we're back in synth territory, and this is much more pop. And I think the previous album that I can't remember that I don't think you picked a song from Stay Together, twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. So that was produced by Xenomania. So I imagine that is pretty, pretty poppy. This was produced by a guy called, or partially produced by a guy called Ben H. Allen. He's mm. produced both like hip hop acts and and pop acts. So that that was that was interesting. Um, so when I when I first heard this, I was like, oh, I feel it. I feel it's a bit similar to kind of girl you are. You know, I enjoyed it, but I didn't save it on on the list. And I was like, this this would be a fantastic Eurovision entry for sure. <laughs> but on the second listen, kind of already from the beginning, I was like, no, hang on, I'm completely wrong. This is an absolute pop banger. It's just, I just needed to get over the fact that it was Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. I had to kind of disconnect from that, you know, like you say, the mid noughties Kaiser Chiefs. And I, yeah, I saved it. I liked it. No, I, I and again, how many more times can I say? I was surprised. <laughs> like, just, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting them to keep evolving like this and to go so pop as they did in the song. I then kept thinking of the Mark Ronson song in the Bond song. Uh, I, I I didn't mention it because I mentioned it so many times. That I was like, <laughs> let, let me let me not. So I'm glad that you did because the rest I was like, is it a cover? No, it isn't. Okay, fine. But yeah, but I wonder if they have heard it because it is. He is a bit Simon the Bond in that mm, track. But um, mm. 
So yeah, so I thought I have to at least have one of the big hits. So I've gone back to uh, the second album, a riv, a ribby, 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 ribby. I can't say it because I've got speech impediment, uh, but you get the idea. Uh, uh, how many views on YouTube, uh, Babs? Oh, uh, okay. So you said that. Um, so far, the highest we've got is thirteen million. With thirteen million. Day. I'm gonna go for because it's. I saw that on Spotify. It was the most played by far. I'm gonna go for fifty million. Wow, okay, 50 great. million. I, I, did, I didn't watch the music video because I'm like, I remember it. So yeah, I didn't I, I didn't look this up. Uh, some bands who have a song which is like humongous and I never know why. And so I put like the Kaisties, but I don't get why Ruby is by far the biggest song. I, I re- It's like, for example, The Lightning Sea is like You Showed Me became their biggest hit. And I have no idea why. Uh, the Beautiful oh, South. Excuse me, banger. Cover, not, though, well, but, yeah. Beautiful South, Perfect Ten. It's like that's like their biggest song. I don't know why it is, but uh, again, I I, Placebo, feel like I have explanations. Pure morning, but... pure morning, placebo. That's not their best song. I don't get it. Um, so this this okay. adds. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will leave my interjections for another time. Please write in, guys, if you've got other other songs you don't understand why they're to me, and then I can back up my argument. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as I said before, I'm not a big fan of repeating the same word again and again and again and again. The chorus to me is plodding in this indie with a circus synth line. It's hard for me to listen to this. I, I'm, I'm so bored of it. But a fun fact, my rat is also called Ruby, but not connected to the song. Do you sing the song to her every now and again? I I, I did, but she also turned her nose in it. She's not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> she just got taste. She says, she first me to sing Modern Way, to be fair. Um, so what are your thoughts? This was so overplayed. So, 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 so unremittingly overplayed. Um, I don't know if I ever liked it to begin with in the first place because it was so overplayed i feel like i can understand why it is big because it has a sing-along like anyone can sing along to the chorus it's just mm. ruby 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 oh um <laughs> and the music video is quite charming i though i haven't watched it i remember it's like the, it's the band playing and there's these kind of animated things yeah. going on around them but yeah it's just it is kind of football singing with a flourish because it is a you know more delicate, sensitive song, but just yeah, too too much, way too much. And I guess you know, I guess one of the things is that if you can't, if English isn't your first language, you're going to yeah. be able to sing along to the chorus, exactly. aren't you? You know, exactly. It does. I don't know how big they are outside of of uh, England. Mm, I don't know. I I feel like well, actually, so the more modern songs have loads and loads of Spanish and Portuguese yeah. comments. So I think it's once again good old good old Latin America coming in and going for for the rock. And then um, I thought I'd move back to, I don't know why, why what order I did this, but <laughs> I thought I'd include another song from Employment. And um, I used to really hate No, 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 No. So I thought I'd <laughs> pop it in because I never got why. Does it, it not move you? Does it not? It, does, it doesn't move me. <laughs> and I thought to myself, come on, guys, it's another gimmicky chorus. Um, you know, I, I mentioned again, I'm, I don't like one word courses. So maybe even now I've got. No, 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 no. For guitar side, it's semi-interesting. Um, it just feels like an unfinished idea that they never got around to completing. And then, but it seems to be massive on the lighting. Like, every time I see them live, they do this song and everyone goes fucking insane because they can sing along to it easily, maybe. I was going to say you've answered your own question there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really like this song. I Again, a bit like Every Day I Love You Listeners, it's not one of my favourites, but I think it's fun because it's so high-pitched. And, you know, you know me in a piano. Normally I don't like it, but the kind of plinky plonkiness of the piano goes along with the with the singing. And I, I think what helps is, is that synth going mm-hmm. kind of adds adds layers to it. And the especially the 
But harmonizing with himself when he's not doing the nananas, I think is also very good. No, I uh, I realized I didn't even write any notes for this song. I'm just saying this off the top of my head because I'm like, <laughs> I know exactly what this song sounds like and I know that I like it. <laughs> and then uh, I thought I'd finish with uh, the most recent song I could find on Spotify. So we have from last year, How to Dance, about with a two, I believe, uh, with 80,000 Mm, views. Up a bit. Um, so yeah, we, we've all heard Mark Watson and Bruno Mars, and so had the Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, and this mm-hmm. seems to be their new direction. Um, it's not great. Um, it's dance music for dance music. It's pretty much on your nose. Hey, we need a, a track we can dance to, and it sounds exactly what you'd imagine. Um, yeah, but I... he talks about anxiety, so you know it is more modern. But yeah, but also I think that if you say the word dance in a song which is a dance track it's kind of like look guys it's a dance song you can hear this by me saying the word dance so dance please it's, it's a bit torn in those like, yeah okay i i get it i get it um Ricky. you must hate dance monkey dance hopefully when your album's out this year it's not going to be all like this but what are your thoughts um i will read you my notes as written pure summer jam pop the american accent is back doesn't sound anything like Kaiser Chiefs. I'm surprised <laughs> this song wasn't given to one of the current pop babes uh, because it it would, for me, you know, why isn't whoever, B.B. Rexer, Kim Petras, someone else like that singing one of these songs? It feels strange that it's coming out of... Uh, mm. but it, 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 not that he sings it badly, but I'm just like, it just sounds so pop. Um, and while I thought that Record Collection was, you know, a pop banger, this one feels a bit more soulless, a bit more songwriting by numbers. And like you say that, oh, you know, we've got to have the, the song. But I think the band is self-aware about that because I found this interview in Clonk magazine and they say the band know that this isn't necessarily what we have come to expect from them. But as long as we're having fun with it, they don't seem to mind. And the quote is, I hope to hear it at weddings, on the radio and in the last remaining indie discos across the land. <laughs> Guys, if you are going to an indie disco let me know because i i can't find any of them anymore oh well i was meant to go to one uh so there are still indie discos in belgium um i haven't been to one in a while and my friends are all worried that it's only going to be students and i'm like i don't give a shit if it's just students <laughs> i will dance with the 22 year olds i don't care yeah i think i went to like an indie disco in like 2012 and like in my day they play like bon jovi for like the fun era and then they're playing blur and he knew that the kids were going, oh, it's my dad's band. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I can handle that. I can handle that. <laughs> As a cynical part of me says, it's just the Kai's cheese changing the sound because they want to keep being relevant. Like, how much yeah. is, it, is it them? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, You know, people said when they first came out, you know, that their first album was, was cynical. And, you know, the fact that they completely dropped their original band's name and style mm. and then moved on to this is like are they constantly just going for the fame are they constantly jumping from you know uh phase to phase or... whether they are or not, i don't really care as long as the music is good uh like you know i said soulless because i think when it comes to the kaiser chiefs especially because their early songs are so tongue-in-cheek and so specific to them you know like the nights out that they're describing it is a night out in a northern town if it wasn't for chip fat they'd be frozen etc mm. etc so to have a more generic dance song by them i'm like yeah it, it, it is it is a good song but that's it i would believe it much more if a glamorous young woman was singing it rather than you know 45 year old ricky wilson sorry mate um but uh i yeah I, I i don't know i can't i feel like i'm just so much less cynical about the things like this these days i'm like well you know 
if, if I can understand why they still want to make money, they, you know, besides Nick, they're still together. So mm. hopefully there's still a connection there. And when you look at um, the the music videos they did in lockdown, it seems it seems fun. So yeah, I don't, I, I'm not too fussed because I never place too much faith in them to begin with. I guess never put your faith in a rock and roll band. Um, <laughs> it's not, not a Gallagher. Who oh, had, stop had, stop had wasting the Gallagher's who on had, me. Who, I think the Oasis had, Oasis had a beef. With the Kaisers. I saw a headline. What was the beef? Uh, I think that they called uh, Kaisers a shipler. That's a bit reductive, isn't it? But then every band who were doing well in that era, they had a beef with Block Party. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. it's, it's just what it did, isn't it? That's what it did. That's so, um, Kaisers, Babs, over or underrated? I don't know, is the answer. Because honestly, your playlist surprised me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting to like so many of the songs that I didn't know. It made me go back and listen to Employment again, which is always fantastic. And I checked, of course, how many monthly listeners they have, and it's over 3 million. So I don't necessarily think they're underrated, but I can't call them overrated. I think they're they're rated until further listening for me. I need to I need to explore further because they've gone into certain directions that I really, really like. And I think if I can get over the fact that it's Kaiser Chiefs, but it sounds something different. I, yeah, I think Little Shucks especially, I was like, whoa, this is, <laughs> this is really, it is much rockier and I didn't expect it. And, and even the fact that like, I changed my mind after one listen on a popular song. No, no, no. I think, I think there's depth and layers to Kaiser Chiefs that I, I didn't know they still had. And uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be checking out some of this stuff. Yeah, well, I think maybe Start and Duck, which is where Record Collection yep. is from. It's a, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great live show. Mm. Um, so for me, I, yeah, very much like you, really, I think they've got enough decent tracks. I think they've done very well to still be playing arenas mm-hmm. in this modern climate, to be fair, because obviously, you know, guitar music is not as popular as it was. Yeah, but so, but you, you would also then recommend catching Kaiser Chiefs if they yeah they yeah, in your yeah. area. So yeah, I, I saw them at Bournemouth. And they're, they're brilliant, and I saw them at a festival, and again, brilliant. So yeah, I mean, yeah, if they are around, do check them out, guys. But yeah, but maybe wait until the, you hear the new album first to see, to see what it's like. I, I feel very similarly to our Royal Blood episode, in which I came in being like, for sure, whatever Franz put together, I'm going to think they're overrated. And I was very pleasantly surprised. So yeah, I will... You know, there are certain bands where when you hear they've released a new album, you just don't bother anymore. You know, mm-hmm. you might listen to a song. Uh, and yeah, with Kaiser Chiefs, like I said, I think, I, I, I've also got Yours Truly Angry Mob, but never, never really listened to it. Don't even know any of the other songs. I, I probably do, but I don't I don't think I know any other songs off it. So, yeah, worth a, a pickier, deeper dive for sure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Do you like music and do you like podcasts? Chances are you like music podcasts. Take this one for example, Pick a Disc. I'm Matt Latham and every fortnight a guest comes on to Pick a Disc to talk about an album for any reason that they want to. We'll talk about the, the album as a whole, we talk about the songs, we talk about any personal stories about the album, any if they've ever seen the band live, and all, all sorts of other crazy tangents. And if any point any of that made you want to listen to Pick a Disc, then you can find us on your podcast apps of choice or on the Facebooks and Twitters and Instagram under Pick a Disc. We're also on the We Made This Podcast Network on WeMadeThisNetwork.com and on Twitter at We underscore Made This. Goodbye. Underrated.
Right, we are back. We're still up north, but we're talking about one of the more ungoogleable bands out there, The Music. The Music, who are Robert Harvey, Adam Nutter, Stuart Coleman and Phil Jordan, are a band from Kipax in Leeds. And they had some success. They definitely um, were in that category of the bands from the similar era. They toured with The Vines. I found out they toured with Coldplay. I had no idea about that. And yeah, I hadn't realized how hyped they were. So apparently Steve Lamack and Enemy were saying that they were the best unsigned band in Britain uh, after releasing this uh, song called Take the Long Road and Walk It, which made it onto their, their debut album. And they were a very young band. The fame came pretty quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, it took its toll on the band. Uh, I think there was drug abuse in the in the band and I think it sounded like they had a very intense touring schedule as well which uh which really got to them so they only released three albums in in 2002 2005 and 2008 and I really liked them from the beginning I remember seeing the music video to take the long road and walk it the windy one in color not the other one in black and white I hadn't even realized that there was a there was another one and I thought, oh, who are these scruffy northern indie boys? They are my types of people. And eventually I found their debut album in, I think, the CD shop said they would take in Luxembourg, shout out. And I thought that album was incredible. The artwork, very noticeable. And, you know, there was a bit of a gap before their next album, Welcome to the North, came out. And while I thought it had a few good songs on it, it took me a bit longer to get into it. And when it came to their third album, Strength in Numbers, I think I've only listened to it a few times and I had to kind of re-listen to it for this episode to, to make the playlist. Um, I think they, despite they, they clearly found some fame, toured with some famous bands and were apparently massive in Japan for some reason. I think there was this massive hype around them. When their debut album came out, I thought it had been well received but actually they got a lot of negative uh criticisms from music magazines saying oh the production's really bad and you know for for a band that was so hyped it's not great but i i i would absolutely disagree with those i think they have a particular blend of people people say especially it's kind of like stone roses with led zeppelin there's definitely some primal scream and kasabian coming in and every single one of them is an amazing musician and singer rob harvey has an amazing voice i love a man with a falsetto and my god does he employ it and yeah i i think both fran and i have wanted to talk about this man for ages and i was more than happy to go and do the homework of listening to their third album and seeing what i could find there to discuss because i've certainly picked some songs that are some of my favorites of all time and keen to get into it fran the music hi guys so <laughs> yeah i remember the hype and i think it did put me off oh right although okay. We've got to think. So this was 2002. So this was before the uh, the Kaiser Chief era, really. Mm -hmm. This was mainly like bands like Jordan, Breaks, and Coldplay and Travis. There's more guys mm -hmm. with acoustic guitars. So it was quite different to have like a full-out um, rock and roll band, to be mm -hmm. fair. I mean, it predates the darkness too. I'm not a fan of Led Zeppelin. It's a fact we know and need to explore further again, yeah. also at a future date. So yeah. therefore, I was a bit put off. Mm -hmm. Although it's interesting to listen to um, Rob chat, but he had never heard Led Zeppelin or Jane's Addiction before making really? that. Really? Seriously, he swears he had never heard either band. 
So mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. all just natural. Just that, that's just a sound that came out when they got together and jammed at school. So it's, mm-hmm. so I know. So I, I I mean I do take back some criticism because I, I did think okay, is this the lead version of the the sixth form Led Zeppelin? I mean yeah, he's got mm-hmm. for a nineteen year old. You know he is a fantastic singer. It's uh, it's unreal to think that they they were so young. Like the the complexity of the music. Yeah, and guitar playing. It's like, it's all, for a guy who says he's not real, a real guitar player and just did it for a laugh, it's like. Are you joking, Adam? Come on, mate. We've listened to you on podcast. We like you. Come on. As a four piece, you know, they, they definitely had talent. Um, and I think yeah, we're gonna go through the playlist, but yeah, there's maybe only a couple of tracks um I liked off the first album, and for me, it hit on the second album. And at work, ah, right. And at work, the second album was played all the time, and I was, I thought it was a big hit. And like, is there any reading about them during recess and listening to the podcast? So it turns out that it was kind of seen as a bit of a failure, and I, th- I think they got dropped by the record label as well. It's crazy how young they were, and it's sad that they <laughs> ended before they even hit thirty. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I've never, I've not seen them live, and obviously they, they don't exist as a band anymore. Although, although they do the occasional. Um, reunion tours. I mean, it was nice that they still get on, and yeah, Adam's got his own podcast, and other members of the band um, guest on that and chat about the old days. But it's very helpful when you're researching a podcast. Yeah, I'm glad because I um I did the whole trying to find interviews of them on YouTube, and there's a few. But mm. what what I really wanted to find out actually was their influences because. Yeah, they're not your average rock band, I would say. And sometimes elements come in where you're like, where the hell did that come from? That sounds like mm. country or bluegrass or something. Um, so I hope that you have those facts, Fran, because I did not have time to go through <laughs> and listen to podcasts and then have the. But I mean, I'm looking at the chart positions. Freedom Fighters uh, reached 15 on the on the yeah on the UK charts, and the only one that was higher than that was the reissue of Take the Long Road and Walk It, which was 14. So I think you're right that it. I think. It was played, but they maybe weren't so famous because, you know, top 20 is obviously not top 10 or top 5, right? So in 2004, their sound wasn't like Kai Shoes and Art and Monkeys. It, it was that mm. indie became the big thing. And were they mm-hmm. too rock and roll for the masses mm-hmm. maybe by then? Well, I mean, you know, you were talking about touring breaks and cloudplay, but I guess it was also new metal time, right? Mm. So it's like maybe you know the guitars that people wanted also came with you know some DJ scratches and a man in a backwards baseball cap. But uh, <laughs> I don't think they're very easy. I'm saying Stone Roses and Led Zeppelin, but I think it's quite reductive to compare them to you know those two bands. It's, it's not quite. It really is like a mix of that. And when you when you look over their whole albums, you know their whole discography. They don't just stick to one sound. And even within the song, very often you're like the, I hadn't really thought about the different types of synths and percussion as well. I think, I I think, I think Phil Jordan is one of the most underrated drummers in Britain. I'm mm. going to, I'm going to say it now, just the way that the drums drive these songs and he'll bring in like djembe drums and that thing that they shake and boss and over that I don't know the name <laughs> of. That's like an egg with little things inside it that comes in at times and it just adds so much depth to the songs and, and makes them so interesting i think they're also masters of um building and breaking it down and building up a song again so yeah i'm excited to get into it you can tell but a lot of songs came from jams just because how they work together but it's interesting like I, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything on on phil doing music like is that it it just seems like a, a wasted talent to be fair i mean adam does some music now but like what for 10 years he didn't even pick up a guitar this is Mm-hmm. Quite sad, really. Yeah, but I mean, I think when you are forced to live that so intensively, like mm. I saw Zane Lowe interviewing them, and it was just after they'd done like 
massive tool and they just they just look tired <laughs> you know <laughs> they just look tired and it's a lot and I think it's that thing of if you're really good um when a virtuoso at something maybe being forced to play it all the time you know kind of puts you off it or maybe if you associate it with with kind of drugs and a bad time because I saw the beginning of this other interview that Rob did later on in Four Music and he was talking about how for the third album it was I quote the first time that Adam and I sat down and really talked about things and mm. he was like which is mad because we've known each other but they were young men in the yeah, early yeah. noughties how much were they talking about their feelings and how much were their frustrations displayed I don't know yeah 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 and they talk quite openly now and like apparently when they first signed the contract their managers told them to uh buy a house and get health insurance and Rob says he's so happy that he had that's both. good news that's good advice <laughs> because it meant he could go yeah. to therapy and pay for it all when he was addicted yeah. to like he was addicted to alcohol and weed and like i think he checked into the prior in like 2006 this is why there's mm-hmm. a four-year gap between the second and third album he says like he has no self-confidence and he says like it's mad that he can get on stage, but once he's on stage, he then managed why he's there. But he said he struggles. Oh, I want to give him a hug. But when you see him live, he's like dancing. He's giving it all. But like he says, yeah, he says. I love, I love that his dancing mm. when you when you see clips of them playing live or even in music videos. Over underrated. Sous évalué. Okay, so I made this list in alphabetical order. That's what I've done to try and mix it up for for the albums. And so I've picked three songs from from each of their three albums and um, a song from an EP. And the first song I've picked is Breakin' from Welcome to the North. So yeah, this album was certified gold. You know, it was was big enough for that. I've picked this because I do think that the start is kind of annoying that... But... I absolutely love what it then goes into the guitar line, the percussion and bass and and how it builds to that. And uh, yeah, I'd never seen the black and white video of this song that the music mm-hmm. are actually in. And someone wrote down my exact thought, which was, uh, so James R.G. Neville wrote on YouTube, this is the same video as Madonna's Ray of Light, just with some stock visual effects. Yep, correct, <laughs> tick. So yeah, I, I picked this at, in in part because I'm like, okay, it was a single but you know yeah maybe not a perfect song and maybe that's why for me I slightly went off the why it took me a bit longer to get into Welcome to the North but still some good stuff there what do you think? Yeah so this stuck out for me but it was different to the first album and it did have pop hooks and I put down here Mm -hmm. that yeah I mean it's got a baggy loose dance beat bass groove and I I think that if they tone down, down the guitars even Girls Aloud could release this. Because <laughs> you can't go down, again. you can't go down, and break down, oh, 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 and have a dance routine. I think it, it works perfectly as a pop song. Yeah, but, but for me, the guitars are what makes it, so I yeah, I don't think I'd like it if Girls Aloud released it, as, as much as I do like some Girls Aloud. But um, yeah, so yeah, so this for me was a, was a change, because I thought, okay, they can do more than just, you know, what I thought was a cod Les mm. So yeah, I... I yeah, this was a good introduction to the second album for me. Sometimes bands are compared to Led Zeppelin and it, it kind of confuses me because for me, it's too psychedelic and synthy to be Led Zeppelin. As in, the riffs are riffs, don't get me wrong, but there's there's more there's more to it than that. I think it was maybe Take the Long Road was on all the time and that, to me, like, mm. that was a sound. Like, cause I do like some songs on that album, which we'll get to. 
Well, we're sticking uh, with the the second album, Welcome to the North, and I've picked Freedom Fighters. The drums, I'm going to mention the drums a lot. So damn groovy. The bass line is so complex. Riffs, riffs, riffs. But yeah, I'd never, in my mind, grouped the music and Kasabian together. But after putting this list together, I was like, oh yeah, there's a lot of similarities there and it's around the same time as well. And that 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 guitar solo in the middle eight sounds a bit Kasabian-y. Uh, for the music video, I've written that Rob is dressing pretty much like I did in the early noughties. T-shirt over a long sleeve shirt, jeans. Didn't have a big necklace like he did, but I absolutely love the vibe. Love how he looks like Dave from In Me, really, in this uh, music video too. I, I I hadn't seen most of these music videos, so it's a fun exploration for me. And I liked how it really was just kind of like, we are in a band and we have to make a, a music video. Off we trot. Oh, by the way, I don't know if from out. I have put down the uh, the YouTube stats for the, the music so you can compare between the. Oh, go go ahead, please, please say. So, so breaking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah ninety thousand. So mm. we're talking two thousand and four mm. prime time. You know, MTV two, mm-hmm. and we have we can't even hit a hundred thousand. It's not good, is it? And Freedom mm. Fighters has two hundred ninety one thousand. So was that the biggest hit? Oh, yeah, you said it was what top top fifth, top twenty, yeah. Uh, 15, number 15. Yeah, so I've, this is more music doing the debut album stuff for me. So it's a bit too riff-based. Um, I wanted a bit more. I guess it made sense why this was the first single, because it wasn't going to really scare away the fans, going, oh, they've changed their, their taint of sound. It kind of is, is what you'd expect from the music. So I think it's perfectly fine, but I prefer it when they have some more interesting simp stuff, which we get to later on and Welcome to the North. Yes, we will do. But um, we are moving, we're getting away (laughs) uh, from Welcome to the North with my next pick, which is Getaway. Now I'm going to put my cards on the table. This is one of my favourite songs of all time. Of all time? Uh, Of all time, yeah. Do you own own it as a single? As a single, no. I own own the album. I own uh, You Might As Well Try To Fuck Me uh, on, on EP. And I own, I think, yeah, The Truth Is No Words. Yeah, I'm obsessed with this song. I which peaked at number twenty six in the UK charts. I would have thought much higher because I felt like this video was on a, while, a lot. Is that because the album had already come out? People people want the only album, but it but a single. It's 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 like you said. I think it's take the long road and walk. It was the hyped song, and I think the other songs that came out after that just weren't or didn't feel like they were as played or as popular, right? Mm. And the thing with take the long road and walk, it, it was released twice. When I first looked at the peak chart positions, it said, yeah, take the long road and walk at 92. And I was like, what? It cannot have been 92. But that was the first release in 2001. When it was re-released in 2002, it went to 14. So that mm-hmm. was the the highest placing one. But Getaway, I very much remember the music video with, you know, Rob looking quite angelic with the white backdrop and, and the people running towards him. So and I, I feel that would have been the the next most played video that, I, that I've seen. And I, I didn't include the people... Or uh, The Truth Is No Words, which, yeah, I feel were the other big songs from from that era. You know, it's the longest uh, song that I've put on this list, but it doesn't feel like that to me. And as I said, what's incredible about the music, personally, is the way that it builds. It starts so simply with this kind of guitar line and bass. His voice comes in and then just there are some incredible flourishes. And it's the peak of... Robert Harvey harmonizing with himself, mm-hmm. singing his best falsetto. And my favorite breakdown bit is that synth breakdown in the middle with the with the guitar line and the xylophone synths coming in with him going, what's it like out there? With almost like, it feels like an effect on his voice or something. And it feels like he's trapped in some kind of dream. I hadn't thought about how Kasabian-y or Primal Screamy again this was. And then suddenly it stops and it's just guitar, 
him and then all the instruments towards the end i think it's a really impressive achievement although again this is the bit where i started reading the <laughs> the album criticism and i was like oh okay not everyone agrees with me so this is the most watched youtube this is 2.2 million that really really surprises me and uh yeah the people was the song that made them big in japan mm-hmm. and oh, interesting rob reckons because they couldn't hear his lyrics but it's a very easy song for them to sing along to <laughs> Once again, yeah. Um, so yeah, I yeah, this is the best song for me on the first album. Um, oh, we can agree on that. <laughs> the manager didn't want it on the album, and it happens all the time, doesn't it? Like, mm. And Rob had a fight for because this is the only song that was written outside of of the band jamming. Rob wrote this um, about um, his mate's um, dad who died, and how oh, it would be, wow. to, and how it would be to be him. That's why it's about looking up to looking up. It's about mm-hmm. thinking about his, his dad and. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a classic, a classic track. I think it's, uh, yeah, this was the only song when when the hype was happening. I thought, yeah, okay, Getaway is great, but on the album, unfortunately, that was one of the only highlights. Um, for yeah, so yeah, good choice. I'm glad you included it, and mm. yeah, yeah, but like you know, Kasabian, this predates Kasabian, so mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. did they borrow from the music they- as well? They might well have done. Yeah, Kasabian is a lot more boring than we realise, you know, as much as we still uh, like their music. Given the fact that they're so young, I'm I'm just thinking, like, they must have been, like, total music nerd kids who had that in common, that they just love listening to all different types of music, and they're so talented and managed to synthesise that into into something like, like Getaway. But, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't sound old to me. It doesn't sound dated at all. It's still still epic in my eyes. It's quite interesting, isn't it, when you get a, a band who meet in high school and all four are brilliant? Because like, it's a band like Ride, for example. Ride, mm, all four mm. amazing, and you all like met at like 15. It's like mm. the, 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 luck, the sheer luck of having all your mates being brilliant at playing guitar and mm-hmm. having your friend who can ha- who has that voice. Like, what are the chances yeah. of that happening? You know? So, yeah, they're, they're very lucky that they, they weren't like, you know, having the bassist who was taught by Adam you know, yeah. that sort of thing, you know, like they could all yeah. really play, which is quite like, quite beautiful, really. But, you know, is that because back in the 90s, we didn't have social media? That's my old man's oh, God, Fran, <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> no, no, you know, you haven't got the TikToks destroying the world. <laughs> Although I read a, a very interesting article in The Guardian today talking about how basically there's almost no bands in the top 40 yeah, or yeah, top yeah. 100, whatever it is. And they were pondering whether it's because social media is so important and it's so much easier to kind of, not only brand one person, but also for one person to talk about themselves, right? Rather True. than a band deciding on how to to communicate. So yeah, something to think about. I mean, he said that like they joined the band because Adam and Rob felt like outsiders, and that mm-hmm. kind of was mm-hmm. what you what you did as outsiders. You made music that kind of was yeah. a hobby, and maybe now outsiders go on Reddit and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's happening, guys? Ah, guys, we're write, so guys, down with the kids. <laughs> guys, write in if you've heard of Reddit. Ah, <laughs> uh, fun, 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 fun. Okay, bringing it back to the first song I've picked from their third album, and I've picked the title track, "Strength in Numbers" from mm-hmm. "Strength in Numbers." Now, Spotify tells me I saved this back in 2016, but I have genuinely zero memory of this. Zero memory of this song. I think I must have listened to that album maximum three times oh. through. Um. But I enjoyed this much more than I remember. Uh, it's much, much slicker, much tighter production. I really like how it starts with this urgent beginning, but there's this kind of ethereal guitar in the verse. And once again, the the harmonization 
in is is beautiful in the chorus and how the, the kind of urgent guitars at the beginning come back in i also like unlike a lot of their songs how you think it's going to end but then suddenly it comes back for another bit that doesn't really mm-hmm. happen with the with the music songs so yeah i can't believe i've ignored this since 2016 I'm going to absolutely fetishize this accent again. Strength in numbers. I, If I fetishize anyone, it's Northern Indie Boys, okay? I won't apologize. Come to me. And yeah, the music video, I guess, is maybe a bit more of a developed one. It's this kind of urban dystopia. People are filming um, some disturbing happenings like Getaway. It reminded me a little bit of the Prodigy Voodoo People video and it was like the people running blind uh i did get that vibe from from some of their videos but yeah i do you believe in strength in numbers or are you a solo act (laughs) well i I certainly believe in the album because we did play it at uh Mm. at zavi because i was shocked to find out that like a lot of people didn't know this album existed and and Mm. uh, adam was saying that you know he meets fans going yeah i love you i love your 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 two albums and they get uh free (laughs) <laughs> and they go what? And like yeah, like I think there was yeah the the, the um promotion was was nothing. And I remember mm-hmm. wanting to go and see him live because I loved that album, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and because it's a, it's it is a big departure. And the producer is Flood, who did yeah. uh, Violator and Songs of Faith, and, Faith and Devotion, the Push Mode. And I loved his production, and I thought oh I'll, you know I I really love the song Drugs, which is like one of the biggest singles. And then I think they did like a, a tour for maybe eight dates, and that was it. And in my head, I thought the music was still quite a big act. And mm-hmm. it does seem to be like, oh, yeah, no, we don't care about the music anymore. Which, mm-hmm. was, was, I, I really didn't understand because I thought this is a step in, in, a, in a new direction. I think um, Adam said that, you know, he wanted to do completely different guitar sounds. Rob wanted to sing differently, which is why he sings more restrained and not a, a lower register. He's not going mm-hmm. full out, full set the whole way through. And I love all the extra simps and everything happening. Yeah, and... Yeah, it frustrates me why, you know, this album has been buried. And, you know, like like I said, um, the video got 187,000. Mm. So for the first song of a new album, it's not a lot, to be fair. Although this probably has, this probably sounds closer to Welcome to the North than anything else maybe on the album. It's, mm-hmm. it's, got, it's got this high octane singing. Um, but I love, like, after two minutes, it's sort of like uh, it elevates into a new direction. The bass kicks in and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a great a great track. So yeah, strength yeah, in numbers for me is a win. Yeah, I I'm really glad to have kind of yeah rediscovered it. Despite mm. having said to you, I, I I definitely have listened to it before as a fan of the music. So what? So we you not living in the UK in 2000? No, I wasn't. Okay, so, so is that um, what it was? I remember I remember very specifically because I I moved in 2001 to Luxembourg. Yeah. I remember watching the next pick, the video to take the long road and walk it. Yeah the music video on one of the very random music channels that we had from our illegal skybox. It was never MTV2. It was like, I can't even remember the name. There was Channel U, which was the grime one, but I I can't remember any of the other non-grime ones that were just, I can't remember any of their names. I do remember that one of them had, I think I mentioned it before, like sexy music videos after 9 (laughs) p.m. I saw this video and I thought, yeah, who's this? Who's this boy in a beanie hat? I want to know more. Yeah, I think I've already got some idea of what you're going to think about it. So I'm glad that I picked it because I I do like this song, but it is such a weird beginning because it takes a while for this mm. distorted guitar to come in and then the drums and then the singing. But then for me, it builds and I love it. And the the way that he says, take the long road and walk it, I, I believe it. He's, he's telling me to fuck off, right? I, I can believe it. And what i think again makes it unique and the music is the 
I don't even know what it is. If it's a bridge, that country bluegrass guitar, the the only other band that I can think doing something like that is Gomez, you know, with the with the yeah, similar yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. guitar sound. So that's why when I was like, oh, I'd love to hear about the influences because I really do like this song, but it shocks me that this was the song that made them so hype because this is not a this is not an immediate easy listen. And as you said, it it wasn't sounding like much that was going on. I mean, mm. that could have been to the advantage. It could have been like, oh, the rock music that's going on is is very different to this. But uh, yeah, what do you think about it? And what do you think about the fact that this was the song that launched them? Yeah, it, it does stand up for not fitting in really. And I remember Oasis were bigging them up as well as Coldplay. So all of the big oh, in, okay, all so it could have been there. All of the big indie bands were saying this this new great band called Music, the Charlatans again. Um, mm, Tim Burr mm. just loved this, and mm-hmm. he would. But so yes, yeah, so it's, it's interesting that the indie bands were loving this more um, hearty rock and roll band. I mean, I, I don't hate the song. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's fine. I think maybe it's it's. It felt too long for me. I do like the breakdown when it goes beep bab. It does. It, it it does need something to it. I feel like it's more of like a yeah, like a jam with like you know, lots of, of windy guitars and stuff. But um, yeah, he's it's, it's, no, he's a great singer. He's such a great singer. Great singer. But yeah, I mean, it's not something that I have emotional connection to, as previous people have mentioned on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I would not say this that that they are a bad band at all, but maybe the first album isn't something that I would go to. But when people play the music, especially the first album, you know, I, I enjoy it, but it's not something that I can connect to as much as maybe other bands from that period. I, I do think, so it kind of makes sense what you're saying, that the songs came out of them jamming. To me, I didn't see it like that at all. Mm. I just saw it as a band that was into more you know, long psychedelic song structures than than more straightforward pop, but it, it does make kind of sense. But I, I do remember it It took me a while. I, I do love all of that first album, mm. but it took me a very long time to get into all of it. I think it was an album for, for a very long time. I would listen to Getaway, The People, th- this song, and uh, The Truth Is No Word. Like, I think The Truth Is No Words is... I would say arguably the catchiest one, you know, even if it's not your favorite, but just that repetitive kind of pre-chorus bits uh, is very good. But yeah, the fact that this song, which takes bloody ages for him to get to that delivery, mm-hmm. was so hyped. It, yeah, still surprises me. It's also a fun strange that their logo was very mod and they're not mm. mod at all, are they? <laughs> well, so I didn't research this, but I listened to Adam Nutter on, mm. was it 22 Grand Pod? Could yep, it have yep, been that? Yep, yep, yep. Could it have been Boys in the Band? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, guys. Um, and he was talking about the story of the of the of the, the logos. Yeah. Oh crap! All my CDs have fallen in my hand. So it it was like they'd gone to a. They'd either gone to an art gallery or had gone to like someone's house where they were exhibiting this work, and it was this thing of like they had to decide on the spot to buy this artwork, and it cost like two grand or something. But mm-hmm. and possibly their manager was like, "No, we've got to do it because that that was it. Like the branding was part of it, and of the the kind of like, oh, this band called the music, and okay, you know what they look like, but actually, that's all you know. You know, they're these scruffy musical kids." But the the album artwork was so striking, and you you know to this day you know that if it's the you know the colorful circles, it's a music record. So um... now the next one, I really don't know what you're going to think, and I wonder whether you like it or not. So I'll tell you about the uh, Take the Long Road has 1.6 million. Yeah, but I, I'm still surprised that Getaway has more. I would have I would have thought Take the Long Road would have the most, but I think Getaway is a better music video. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, as much as I like you know 
Rob's hair in the wind <laughs> being hit by uh, detritus. Like, well, I don't like hair in the wind as much as anyone, really. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my final pick from their debut album is Turn Out the Light. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Getaway might be my favourite song but from, from this album, but this is the song that builds. So this this was one that took me a while to get into because it starts very slowly, uh, just as um, the dance starts very slowly. Yep, so it's yep. like, oh, okay, like, oh, come on, come on, guys, get to it. You know, it, it's not the truth, there's no words. Do you know what I genuinely hadn't realised until, <laughs> like, listen, listening to it this time? It's quite a sexy song. Like, it's, it's, it's seemingly to me, Obviously about having sex with someone. Well, it's about, it's about his girlfriend. It's about his girlfriend. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking good on you, love. Like, <laughs> I hope you were getting it good because really, again, I was like, this is such a kind of artful song because it builds and it slows down and then it builds and it slows down once again. And the guitars are so goddamn sexy. The bass and the drums are much more subtle in the beginning than than other other songs. Okay, then it starts speeding up in the in the second section. Once again you've got an organ in bits and a xylophone in other parts when you're not when you're not expecting it. I added it to my um my best days are with you love track playlist. So <laughs> uh yeah I, I hadn't I'm like you know I, I fancied I fancied Rob Harvey like a devil but I just it, it took me to 35 years old to realize it was a sexy song and now I'm gonna have some good times tonight. Fran <laughs> Well, I won't be masturbating to this song. Um, mainly because it goes on. I tried. It goes on. Tried to be it goes on. It goes on far, far too long. Uh, uh, well, you, you're a five-minute man. Right? <laughs> I'm just happy to have a erection. Um, moving on. I wonder if that will stay in. No, I do take the long road. I don't know what that even means. You do take the long road. Yeah, but okay. do you walk it? We have a hundred and nine thousand people who've ever heard us. We've <laughs> been masturbating to it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is. Put, uh, put a warning in this episode. Mm. So yes, we have uh, the sound of a, a band jamming. And how do you finish a song? You mm. can be faster, don't you? That's how you finish songs. <laughs> <laughs> but what is interesting was I didn't know that Rob Batty played the guitar until watching this because I never saw him on videos play guitar. So I assumed it was just Adam just uh, overdubbing himself. But yeah, um, watching him do this live, uh, yeah, Rob is playing guitar and he has to always face the drummer because he said the drummer was so fast he had to watch him to be able to keep up to, to, to know what he's going to do next. This is quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, God, yeah. Phil Jordan, again, just... it's it, The drums are so groovy. They're so mm. funky. And they they dominate in a way that I, again, hadn't really realised because you, you often do think about Rob's melody line or, mm. or the guitar riffs, but... It's really, really impressive stuff. And yeah, okay, the song speeds up at the end, but it doesn't. It, it it takes a while to get there, and it doesn't finish sped up. It finishes in this very, you know, mournful. Oh yeah, almost mournful. You know. Have you heard the Lynx album? No. So I, Fran, I almost, I almost, oh, almost. went on Discogs. I, <laughs> I almost went on Discogs to order, um, one of their live DVDs because they've mm. got three, mm. and just. Yeah, I I guess I kind of hadn't realised that, and it's like, well, I sincerely doubt unless they have another reunion tour that I'm going to see them live, and it must be amazing. Yeah, so th- there's a DVD um of the uh, Goodbye Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the Lost Dance, right? That's that's the ticket. Yeah, and it's, yep. uh, and they included a track. I think it's called Ghost or something, which is very good. So yeah, I mean, uh, this track I'm going to be repeat myself with a lot of uh, the Dave album. <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 perfect. It's perfectly fine. I I didn't find that that sexy. Listen again. Yeah. Lights off. Over underrated. Sous évalué. 
My next pick is The Left Side from Strength and Numbers, their third album. And this is one that I picked from re-listening to the album for this podcast. So I picked it because I enjoyed it. I thought it went in quite a different direction because the only thing that really sounds like the, the music to me is the bass. Um, there seems to be some Arabic influences, both in the guitar and in Rob's melody line. And I do think the backing vocals at one point sound exactly like Serge Pizzorno. And the beginning reminded me a little bit of Hanging Around by the Cardigans. What did you think? Yeah, it's um, definitely a departure. It's got a 90s dance uh, influence with the hypnotic chanting sort of thing by uh, by Rob. Mm-hmm. It's almost trip hop in some ways. You're right. That's why I like it, baby. <laughs> Maybe the chorus can have a tweak. Maybe a different tempo in the chorus. So it pop- it's not pops. your tempo. It pops. Yes, that's not my tempo, guys. Um, <laughs> so it pops a little bit. That would help it. But yeah, I, I think it's a, a great track. With uh, 3.9 thousand people have watched it. Only. And I've made videos of more like, <laughs> views really? than that. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, our YouTube uh, uh, views haven't reached that yet. So, you know, subscribe to us on YouTube. <laughs> I really do want to go and listen to the, the whole album again because I found it let's say, easier to get into even than their first album, which is my favourite. But because it goes in, yeah, these other directions, it's one that really needs more more listens, I think. It's not immediate. And if there's a slight change on Babs acoustics, she has had to abandon the lounge. Yes, the pipes are making noise. I am currently recording um, diagonally in front of my front door and a cupboard. So... Do not adjust your earphones. Everything will be fine as long as, you know, the the internet doesn't drop out as well. So moving on to the next track. Moving on. So I've gone for Vision, which I would say is maybe the weakest song on this playlist, which in my mind reflects the fact that this is their weakest album, at least for now. And the reason why I think it's their weakest album is because it is the most straightforward rock song. Okay, there's a bit of synth, but uh, it doesn't do much more than that. And I think the music work best when they have more layers and more unexpected flourishes. Yeah, it's got nice arpeggio guitars to it and a nice mm-hmm. sort of staggered bass, deeper vocals. I mean, I know his lyrics are a lot more clearer on this mm-hmm. album than mm-hmm. anything before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when you move from the first album to the third album, you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, the difference is there. But yeah, I put down, it's not as dynamic as yeah previous album. It lacks vision. Uh, and, uh, you know... I see what you did there. I just think, yeah, the chorus doesn't offer much... No vision, no vision, yeah. And it needs to end a lot earlier. I think it goes on for like over five minutes for no reason. So you said that, I guess, if you had to pick one of your favourite songs from this album, it would be Drugs instead, right? Yeah, and I think Drugs, obviously because of uh, his past mm. addiction, wasn't quite important to him. And I think I think the band thought this is a very deliberate step in a new direction. Mm-hmm. Like it's got more of like a dancey, like, rhythm section to it it's not um guitar riff led um and it has that massive chorus so i guess the band thought it would be a big hit and unfortunately it mm. wasn't and yeah and it's when i first heard drugs i thought oh wow they're changing the sound it's a, a, a positive move you know I, I look forward to hearing what the music have to offer them before i know they are broken up you know like the third album got, got dismissed so early I, I like no one gave it a chance it really sounds like, in part, it was due to bad promotion from the record label, Def- which is such a shame. Definitely. 
But you were, you were talking about big choruses and I would say the next song definitely has one. Mm-hmm. I have gone for Welcome to the North from the same album. So this wasn't the first song they released from this album. You said it was um, Freedom Fighters. Yeah, yeah. I, I think well, Welcome to the North maybe even been there third single I, but see i think this is the first song that i heard oh, really? on this album and yeah this is my kind of anthem i was really excited when when i heard this singles the way that the drums and guitars groove out that's what makes this song and again there's a, something a little bit again i've gone i've said arabic in the in the in the verses and the voice and the guitar line and again they are the masters of stripping something down in the final verse before the final rise and chorus of it's where I'm from, it's where I was born. The music's lyrics, I'd say there's not, you know, much to write home about. But um, for this one, you know, it starts me saying, you know, it's where I'm from, it's not who, who I am, but now I'm facing some questions. Welcome to the North. And then at the end, he's saying, it's where I'm from, it's where I was born. So I was like, oh, is he talking about kind of wanting to escape from the north and maybe escape from the smaller town or is he actually quite proud of it and it's you know badge of honor welcome to the north i couldn't i couldn't quite figure that out but just yeah again as a fan of northern boys in general not all uh yeah this is for me thank you very much so checking on wikipedia this Mm -hmm. seems to be the first single but it didn't chart So I don't know if it was a proper single because yeah, Welcome to the North, no chart. Freedom Fighters, number fifteen. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. was it that it wasn't released physically or something? Well, again, I was still in Luxembourg by this point, so mm. I think that that makes more sense to me because I think I would have heard that song and bought this album and then been like, oh, it isn't all quite like this. Welcome to the North has two hundred and fifty-three thousand. So for a uh, that a... is less than I would have gone for a half a uh, half a uh, half mil. So it's just under Freedom Fighters. Um, it's got a nice acoustic line. It's got some nice bass. It's got some nice quiet bits before the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder... I don't know why I put this. I wonder if the chorus was written when I was watching Countdown. Because... <laughs> you, know, you know my numbers. I see numbers. I see numbers. Well, no, no, no. He's saying, you know the numbers, show me the knuckles. Yeah, but at the end, he then says numbers because i double checked this all right see so the numbers you, you i think... see the numbers baby Rob, i see the numbers in touch? are you a carol vorderman fan and is that why because this would have been carol vorderman it would, who and it was filmed up north it's all there it's all there it's all there it's all there it's obvious if, really. if we believe in one conspiracy theory at <laughs> over underrated it's it's the link between the music and countdown but yeah um i enjoy the tom tom drums and the big guitar lines mm-hmm. welcome to the north so is this one of your more favourite songs or more mid-level for you on the album? I prefer it to Freedom Fighters. So what's your favourite song on the album then? I would say from the second album, my favourite tracks are Breaking, Bleed from Within, so I don't know why that wasn't a hit, Guide and Secession mm-hmm. were my favourite four songs. Guide, I had no recollection of it at all until recently. I thought this is the, I had it on loop. Mm-hmm. For like for like half an hour. Oh, so, I love it when that happens when you re yeah yeah the the production uh, of guide is 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 fantastic. So yeah, they're my picks from Welcome to the North. There we go. Yeah, it's interesting that it's a band that we both like, but we like different things about them. Shock, shock horror, <laughs> given our slightly diverging tastes. And speaking of diverging tastes, I do wonder what you're going to think of the last song, which is "You Might as Well Try to Fuck Me." From the You Might As Well Try To Fuck Me EP. I didn't pick the song just for the title. I do really love it. And I think it's quite genius in its simplicity. 
but I just I I do like it as a sort of laissez-faire sentiment and kind of you know consent because he's saying well you might as well try to fuck me he's giving you the go-ahead you know you're you're allowed he's giving you the go-ahead but at the same time there's this kind of distance of like oh if you want you know I've got something better to do with my time as well and given that <laughs> that's just so casual and he repeats it a lot it somehow still works as a song they've got backing guitars are sounding dirty and sleazy as they should for a song like this and again, I hadn't really considered how there is this kind of slight blue grassy guitar-y element in parts. Um, love his voice, sounds urgent, matching the lyrics, and the symbols really pace the song and make the song. You don't hear a lot about symbols, guys. So no, I was thinking... Enjoy like, that moment. <laughs> I was thinking, like, what is it? Why is this good? Ah, symbols, yes. Symbols. Symbols. We have a lot of symbolism, but not many symbols in the podcast. Better, better, better. I hate me as much as you guys. <laughs> 2001, so there would have been 18. So My God. Quite a confident song. But then, you know, he says he's, he lacks um, self-confidence, but he did say that he d- enjoys having some, something to fight against. He says that when he, when he would go to festivals, if he saw like a big band like Radio, he'd throw peanuts at him. Just, just, okay, just, less just, respect for you there, Rob. <laughs> just for the fun of it, because he enjoyed it. But uh, that's us him being, you know... Mm-hmm. A teenager, I guess. I had never heard it before. Um, I think it no, pre- seriously. I think it predates predates the album. It's two thousand and one. Because I feel, but I do, I don't know how. I feel like I knew about this song at the same time as Take the Long Road and Walk It, and I wonder if it's due to Kazar or maybe, something like that. Maybe. Like I def I definitely knew about this around the time of the first album. Well, I mean, it's, it's only got thirty nine thousand on YouTube. Wow. So, so it's a massive. Um, of the take the long way, it's got one point nine million. So I guess not many mm-hmm. people do know it. But yeah, it's not. It's not my personal style. It, it, I did put down. It, it's got more of a bluesy riff than previously. Mm. I can imagine people going into a trance whilst listening to this. I got a little bit, bit bored. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess there's not a lot to the lyric either. Maybe no, no, no. But I mean, again, like it's that thing, right? When you're when I'm talking about a band that I really mm. like and have never paid attention to the lyrics before. With the music, I was like, every song, I'm like, should I? No, no. And the, yeah, the only one that I really wanted to mention was Welcome to the North because there it felt, yeah, the most statement-like, anthem-like. I was surprised that it didn't make it onto the album. They've got a lot, a lot of great B-sides, the band. Yes. They're not a band that I would want to sit down and like back-to-back listen to their discography. Mm. And like some of their other bands, it's like, well, that's, you know, you really have to be in, in an expansive mood to do that. Um, and yeah, some of their songs are so long as well that you're going to be there for a while. I would say that two B-sides is uh, No Danger, which is a instrumental track, and mm-hmm. um, The Rain, which is the least sounding music song. But, you know, all great bands have great B-sides. And so as we know, music. especially pre-2010, I would say. Yes, when that was Because these days, yeah. But yeah, obviously, I'm going to say the music are underrated. I checked their Spotify numbers. Yeah, well, let's see. How how many monthly listeners do you think they have? Uh, what's the close, Chiefs? Just to compare. 3.1 3. million. 3 point, okay, so I would say 50,000. 100,000. Okay, okay, okay. See, I was thinking more, you know, between 300,000 and 500,000. I think that's unacceptable, guys. For a band... <laughs> but it, what I found very, very interesting is that we both thought that the music were bigger than they actually mm, were. Mm. So was it because in... I was going to say the circles that we moved in. 
<laughs> in the music channels that we watched. Yes. Uh, was it very played? Was it because one of those bands where, again, the music press is writing about it more than the, than the fame that they're getting, you know, in a, a bit like 6Y7? Was, was it that happening? Because I, I just, it, some of those um, starts with the videos, that really surprises me that they're so low. And uh, that yeah, the the highest charting song is fourteen. Like I would have, I would have said they would have had at least one top ten, top five song, but no. I think people under thirty wouldn't would have no idea how big their first album was, and it is sad that like you never hear the music ever. Like I no, okay, if I ever put on like XFM or whatever, or I've never come across anyone playing any songs by the music, which is strange because you know they Agreed. were they were a massive band for like you know, well, a couple of years. Maybe. I feel like maybe Welcome to the North might have been in some compilation of some, I don't know, some sports thing or some Shane Meadows, even though that's the Midlands, isn't it? But so- something like that, mm. do you know what I mean? But is it because they didn't have their own scene? They weren't attached mm. to anything particular. They weren't new metal. They weren't indie. They weren't the mm-hmm. New York theme. They just were this rock band from Leeds. That's yeah. what I mean. Maybe that went against them. Well, as as we've said so, so many times before, for bands that aren't from... The biggest cities in the UK, at least. But um, yeah, it really shocks me because I also feel like they're the kind of band, surely, who would have slightly obsessive nerdy music fans who would talk... Music fans, ha-ha. Who, who would talk about them because precisely they ha- they make a kind of rock that's not a million miles away from bands like Led Zeppelin and Stone Roses mm. that people are very obsessive about. So, yeah. There seems to be quite a lot of Americans who are big fans of music mm-hmm. um, who are quite obsessed looking at the YouTube comments. But yeah, like... I've never come across any anyone who's who in Britain who says yeah the music in my favorite band. So, I mean, favorite band that's that's a big one. But uh, one of my favorite bands, even though like yeah, mm. you I realize really putting together this place, it's that thing of if you're an obsessive completionist, does that make you a bigger fan? But I like I was such a fan of that first album. But for me, yeah, for for that, and for, I mean, for Getaway, like I said, I think Getaway is is genius level. Um, it's very rare for me to like a song that I don't get sick of because when I get obsessed with the song, I will play it on loop for mm-hmm. an hour or so. And I actually, my biggest memory of Getaway was um, when I went to Australia and I was on the bus on the way to, from the airport to where I was staying. And so I had to get awake and I just put that on a kind of loop to keep me awake. And it was kind of trippy on a bus listening to the music. But um would recommend guys for, for jet lag. <laughs> a lot of the bands that we cover have this, but with the music, I really felt more than a lot of other acts that we've talked about. So many people were like, this is such an underrated band. But I will say that the people saying that, the comments were quite old. There were very few comments from like, three years ago True. and more recently they were mostly it was like 14 11 8 years ago so it's it's amazing how quickly they faded from memory and i yeah i will go back quickly of course to uh to switched on pop who um one of my favorite podcasts they they had this guy on who was basically testing the longevity of 90s songs with generation z so he he made this playlist of kind of you know songs that i think had you know charted five or above on the billboard chart I played them to young people to see how many songs they recognised, and it was fucking appalling, Fran. How few songs had kind of made it beyond a certain generation, and yeah, I think especially rock that isn't as yeah yeah as proggy or noodly as this, and it isn't in the top indie bands. I yeah, it's more and more difficult to make it through. I would say. Yeah, I I think underrated. Like you know, having a a refresh um, last week in London listening to their, their, their 
best of my 20 the best yeah yeah there's some fantastic tracks and you know i had great memories of listening to songs i loved 15 years ago and it is a shame that people don't seem to be chatting about the music anymore and they should be because you know they're four very talented young men or they were very talented young men (laughs) now four talented guys in their 30s and yeah i'm pleased uh guys if you've not heard of the music please try and give them a listen because they really deserve your time and yes they are difficult to google but don't forget as with all our episodes and we do kind of forget to mention this every song that we discuss of the playlist that we make is on spotify and you can go and listen to it and listen to adam nutter's podcast guys if you want to talk about a band you loved when you were a teenager that no one's been talking about for the past 20 years hit us up and we can chat about uh, your bands and discuss if they're over or underrated and until next time goodbye from me Goodbye from me. Ciao, ciao. Uh, hello. Thank you for staying to the end. Um, that was a fun record. A little bit sexual, so don't... Uh, I mean, it's too late to give you a warning. This happened. But um, if you do want to listen to some other podcasts, we have quite a few now. Some about noughties rock and roll. We've got a Kasabian one. We've got another Leeds episode where we met some jewels let us know of any other bands you'd like us to discuss and in the meantime please like subscribe share to people who like music and also you can follow us on OU Music Pod on Twitter over underrated music pod on Instagram and we also have a YouTube channel and a Gmail which I don't think anybody uses but you know if you want to give us an email it is over underrated music pod at gmail.com until next time, music fans, goodbye.